Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Ivan Bebek on the line. Ivan, how are you? Very well, thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you here. We're going to talk about some investing and not the like the, the game stops and the other stocks that we talked about before, but we're going to be talking about mining and some other awesome things. So why don't you share a little bit about you, your organization, and then we'll dive right in. Sure. Um, been in the business for over 20 years. Came into the business in 1999. I started as an investment advisor or a stockbroker, more commonly known as, and uh, came in this business for the same reason everyone else does, to, to make money, not just for myself, for a lot of people. Um, saw the opportunity on the corporate side to do things a little differently and was really good at raising capital and mentored underneath a guy that found seven major mines around the world, a guy by the name of Dr. Romish Klenka. And uh, from him, you know, the, the geology bug bit me early and love financing, love the treasure hunt to go look for it. And was very fortunate to meet some brilliant people along the way, referring to some of the, the geoscientists we get to work with. And, you know, you've seen GameStop, you've seen Bitcoin, you've seen, you know, a lot of dot-coms go through the roof from pennies to, to hundreds of dollars. And the mining market has done this historically in the 70s and 80s. And, you know, since I've been in it, I've seen stocks go through $100 a share. First Quantum, a copper company, you know, and I've seen Aurelian, a gold discovery in a period of six months go from 20 cents to $45 a share. And this is the appeal, you know, huge discoveries that, you know, A, we need a lot of copper if we're going to talk about electrification of the planet and there's not a lot being found. And so, and since I've entered this business in 20 years, billions have been spent. I don't know the exact number because it's huge and all the easy mines have been found. So we're in a business now that's changed. It's a lot harder, a lot more rare to hear and see a huge discovery. It has two effects. One, it's really exciting when you see a big discovery, it ignites the entire market and people like to speculate on a bunch of people that might find these. But if you don't see a discovery for a while, people lose sight of the mining and exploration market. Why would we invest? No one's finding anything. There's no big returns. It's more exciting to buy Bitcoin or something like that that's new, well, we're at a flexion point. And the flexion point now is, you know, in our, our camp, we have four companies. We're at the forefront of making those potential, those huge world-class discoveries that could deliver potentially those kind of returns. And that's why I'm still doing it. I uh, found a big mine in Africa in 06, 07 called um, Asaste. It's a 5 million ounce discovery from zero. Stock went from 50 cents to $9. We didn't sell the company, which is normally our exit for us and our shareholders, but we built the mine, you know, as a consequence and is producing today as Galliano Gold. Um, subsequently from that, we went to do it again in a company called Caden, and we were finding what looked like it could be a substantial mine in Mexico after 100 drill holes, no resource yet. We sold it to Agnico Eagle for $200 million, which doesn't seem like a large number. However, the fact that we sold it early in the expiration stage, the stock went from 60 cents to 360 per share. You know, it, it gave people a good return. And then if you held the Agnico Eagle shares, which is a phenomenal company for another 12 months, you got $7 per share because they, they more than doubled after they bought us. So having those successes has been exciting, obviously, for shareholders. But it raised the bar for us as a group. 
And what we did there was we built out our technical team. We got some of the best geologists we could find, which are predominantly former Newmont global experts. We operate and function like one of the largest in terms of quality mining companies globally when it comes to exploration. And we go after those huge type of discoveries. And so very exciting time. The industry is coming out of a lull, a lull of discovery. And we are very cyclical. You know, we trade on a seasonal basis with gold, silver, copper. Um, generally, there's cliffs in production that are looming, and there's a lot, a very shallow pipeline of projects coming online. So I think we're going to see great metal prices for the next five to ten years to come. And going forward, like real estate, it should continuously go up over time as we need these metals as a as a as a, as a planet, right? I totally agree. And as we electrify and we hear automakers saying, yes, we're going to be all electric by 2026 or 2030 or something like that, thinking, hmm, okay, where's all the resources? It's not possible. No, no, we're 3% electric vehicles globally. If you go to 6% or 7%, there's no copper left in any producing copper mine is the statistic apparently that people are, are talking about in the mining industry. Um, it feels like there's a lot more electrification, but there certainly isn't. And, you know, I think there's a long-term crunch on natural gas and oil. There's going to be issues with fossil fuels. We're going to run out in hundreds of years. We're thinking ahead to go electric now. It's a lot slower and it takes between 10 to 20 years to put a major copper mine into production from the first discovery hole. That's a long time. And that's going to be some big mines will be found, but they'll take a long time to come online. So copper is going to get more expensive. It's at 430 per pound right now, US. When I entered the business 20 years ago, it was at 59 cents a pound, which is a dramatic difference. And the population has doubled pretty much in that time globally. Um, it's cleaner to, to burn electric or to use electricity. However, you know, we have a lot more challenges with metals than people realize. And as a speculator in that sector, I can't wait to capitalize on it with our companies because we are we're well positioned for each of those. I agree. And yeah, as the demand goes up and you said in the onset, you can't, I mean, all the easy ones were already found. Now it's like you have to really explore. And in case anybody forgets, uh, this planet's not exactly small. You know, there, there's a lot of places to look. You have to, in, you, utilizing technology, going, okay, where could it be? And obviously the time, the effort, the equipment, uh, resources, all of that to, hey, let's see if it's here. Uh, and, you know, you spend a ton of time and in the majority of time, you know, you're not finding anything. And all of a sudden you're like, well, okay, there's cost to recover. And, Again, as time goes on and the demand increases, uh, yeah, the, the prices are going to be skyrocketing in a lot of these commodities. And, um, and I think that, like you said, you know, it's well time uh, to be positioned into looking at this. You know, obviously look at it as a, a long-term type of investment, but knowing and reading, I mean, everything's there. You know, you could, of course, dig deep and start looking deeper into the industry and all of that. But just from a surface level, pardon the pun there, we know the demand is going to increase and we know what the supply is and how long it takes to actually say, hey, wow, we found something that, you know, will turn into copper or gold, whatever. Okay. You said 20 years. Yeah. Uh, 20 years. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're not going to get anything out of this for two decades. 
And meanwhile, everybody's going, yeah, but we need this now. Great. I'm glad you need it now. Can't give it to you now. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how we address that, you know, from, from that standpoint. And I'm sure that there'll be a big push for, and again, I don't, you know, being a novice in all of this, you know, going through landfills and old houses and things like that and going, okay, you find this old used copper, what can you do with it? You know, and it's not as, you know, obviously it's been used. So, you know, I'm sure it degrades. There's components to it that's not going to be the same. So it's really going to be interesting to watch this environment as far as what we do with things going forward. 100%. And and so just to quantify how hard it is to find it, since 2015 to 2020, before COVID happened and the mining market kind of really came to life last year, we spent over 100 million US looking for world-class deposits. We're one of the leading exploration companies globally to do that. That's a big number to go find it, right? And we haven't found it yet. And it's no criticism to our team or to the projects we've gone after, but we've gone after really large scale projects. And the bigger you swing, the harder it is to find the big ones that are gonna make a difference, right? We're trying to find mines that would equate to the top 10 mines globally. That That's kind of our swing size. So we're going for the big ones, it's harder. Um, as an investor, you hear oh, 10 to 20 years to go into production, that seems like forever. You know, you, you don't make money on development. You don't make money when it goes in production. You make money when that first hole gets drilled in somewhere new that shows everybody that this could be that mine. And it probably takes between 20 to 50 holes in any of these big projects to really tip the hat and say, this is really going to be it. And that's the, that's the 20 to 50 or 100 time return on the share price is the first 50 holes. And so that's, that's what we, we live for as investors, as entrepreneurs in the space, is we want to drill those first 20 or 50 holes into something new that's really big. And then we will de-risk it enough, hopefully for a transaction by a bigger mining company will come along and buy that. And it gets advertised that exit to us early on because we sign confidentiality agreements with major mining companies that are looking for supply. They're looking for the next discovery because they have to replenish their pipelines to keep their growth and their value. One counter-cyclical argument is there's a lot of low-grade mines around the planet. Higher copper goes, these mines will come online. And so there's some supply that can actually meet the demand curve. And if there wasn't, copper would probably be at $14 or $15 a pound, not $4 a pound. However, it's 5 or $6 billion to build a copper mine, a lot of these low-grade mines. And we're not far enough into the new prices of copper we need to have an extended period of time before people will write the five or $6 billion check to build those low-grade mines. And lastly, something we're all you know, affected by, geopolitical stability. And a lot of the countries that have the rich endowment are tough places. You know, We're in Peru. I've been there for five years looking for copper, gold, and silver projects. And there's been five presidents. The country is one of my favorite globally because the endowment, some of the largest mines in the world are in this country. But you know, for the outside investor, you saw an election, there was a hardcore leftist president that has is, is won the election. And he made some bold statements. He might nationalize mining, which were, I think, more political posturing. However, 40% of the GDP of that country comes from mining. They can't ruin that model, right? And Chile's right next door. They're rewriting their constitution on mining. But again, 
they're not going to shoot their foot with a shotgun. They're, they're going to actually be really clever. What they're all talking about behind the scenes and why all this hoopla and drama about it is they want to give a couple more percent of attacks, like two or three percent is what I've heard, to the local people. So the local people can benefit, not just the country where the mines are being built in their backyard. It's something we're very cognizant of. We give more, we do more as a junior than most do in these countries. But at the same time, um, you know, you go to Africa, I've done business there with that first company. You go to places like Kazakhstan, we've looked at projects there, but impossible to do business there and, and to mine the, and, and get it out as a foreigner, right? So it's, it's a tough planet. There's a lot of areas with endowment, but they have hurdles that are longer, even longer than the 10 or 20 year plan to get in there. And so it's going to be tough. And, you know, I think from the actual healthier economy, the electrification, the renovating we're seeing, all the houses in your neighborhoods that are getting rebuilt, knocked down. There's some recycling on pipes, like you said. Uh, definitely they'll recycle where they can. And there's people stealing copper pipes sometimes off job sites. We've all heard of that happening because the value is so high. But the bottom line there is, you know, this planet's going to modernize and it's going to need a lot of metal. You know, if you're going to look to buy a new iPhone, a new laptop, if you want to renovate your house, you're going to use a ton of raw materials that, you know, we have to go find, right? So for me, it's a long game, you know, and I'm at the end or we're at the end of a 10 year kind of bear market. And we're in the early stages, we're probably going the second stage of a four stage bull market, right? And so timing as of today, which is very important for everyone to know, we're in a lull in a secular bull market. And we think the next turn up is second half of the year. So by September, we think metals will come full circle. June, July is always the best time to really build a position on these companies because generally the whole season for us picks up in the fall. Gold generally performs the best September, October throughout the year, also in February. Same with silver, it performs very well. And copper is just on a steady incline because of the huge demand on from China and different places around the world. So, you know, I think it's important to know where you are. I'm a contrarian by training and, um, and I read a Warren Buffett book early in my career, which is why I bought mining stocks instead of dot-coms during the dot-com boom in 2000. And that's where I kind of cut my teeth on it. But the contrarian game is, is tough because it's a long game. However, the reward, you'll get to the same place or even higher if you get it right. And generally you have really good cost entry points. So I think timing right now is, is really opportunistic. And I think the next two years will be substantial. Your Dow or the Dow of the stock market has done extremely well. Housing has done extremely well. These are very steep charts. They probably go a bit further. Um, I've heard a lot more generalists, high, wet, high net worth individuals in the US who don't know too much about mining, haven't been exposed to it before, are starting to come into our space selectively on specific groups that have done it before, successful groups. We've had some great success there. And that's a very good sign of a shift in capital. And one of our shareholders, he's an incredible gentleman, very smart. Um, he came to me and he said, look, you know, Apple and those companies put out the best record profits ever and they went down 4%. And I think we're hitting a growth ceiling. COVID is different. It's certainly impacted everything. It's hard to buy cars. I live in Vancouver and in Newport Beach, California. If you want to order or buy a new car here, it's a year wait. You're getting in line. You're getting into a lottery to get it. If you want to go and buy some recreational equipment, ATVs, you know, you're seeing again, 
it's, it's all been bought. So everyone has stayed home and they shopped during COVID, which is interesting because it creates more debt. I think there's a big debt bubble bigger than people realize. We're at the tops of markets. And, and why is this all important? You got to go back to 2008 and remember when that crash happened and what was happening right before 08. Real estate was skyrocketing. People were borrowing zero down, zero fault mortgages were, were crazy. This bubble was, was huge. And when that went, our company Keegan was at 575 a share. OA crashed, even though it wasn't mining specific, everything goes down. And we went to 49 cents a share. And then 14 months later, mining took off. We went to $9 per share. And I lived that and I saw that. I saw what happened and why. I don't think we're far. I don't think a correction is imminent today, but I think probably next year or possibly the year after, we might see some kind of a similar event that will catapult everything into the next level. Now, do you wait for that event? We don't know. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe they push it out further. But in the case of our companies, you know, we have one, a silver company down in Peru. We're advertising as we think they got the world's biggest silver discovery. We're on a, on a mining trend with some of the largest mines in the world that are copper gold mines. We're drilling our first hole and we're excited. And if this hits, we will get that lottery type of return by the end of the summer or early in Q4, right? And so I, I wouldn't wait in, in that sense. I'd make sure that I have a portfolio designed to have various stages of exploration around groups that have done this before, have been serial investor, repeat success for investors provided through discoveries or building of mining companies. And I'd have that exposure in my portfolio, probably five or 10% at this time, minimum as somebody who has never bought before, but don't try to guess the industry. It's too difficult. It's I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still learning and I've got it right more than I've got it wrong. And uh, what I would say is just rely on people's track records, go to people, look at what was their last company? What do they do? What have they done for shareholders previously? That will give you a good indication of how good they are, what they do, or what they might do next. The odd guy is new. I was new one day, and he has his first company, has a swing to take. Maybe you don't bet the kitchen sink on that new opportunity to take a smaller position. But you know, it's exciting to talk to you today about it because the metal demand and shortage is, is, is obvious, I think, to all of us. Um, I think at the same time, we all see what's happening in the global markets. We do see inflation on the horizon. Gas is a, is a lot more expensive than it was you know, a few months ago. And uh, you know, it's a good uh, one of the many measures of it. But I think that, um, no, it's, it's time to have exposure for sure. I think everybody should have exposure to precious and base metals in their portfolios. And just, you know, we have a thousand companies in this industry. There's probably 20 of them worth owning and, you know, of consequentially and don't own too many because then you can't follow too many, but talk to the CEO, call the management up and, uh, and do your homework that way. That's great. Great guidance on that. And agree. It's, it's one of those industries that will continue to grow. And again, not, not even calling the CEOs, you know, the supply and demand. We see it. You know, he said, you got to wait a year to get a car. My brother bought a new house uh, late last year uh, and he ordered brand new furniture for it. His couch arrived, I think, three weeks ago. 
you know, it's like before it was like you buy a couch. I mean, the biggest challenge was, okay, will I be home when they deliver it on Friday? Well, now it's like, yeah, you, you'll see it in the spring. It's like, well, but it's fall. So it's like, well, get the folding chairs or bring your old couch from your old house until it's time to get the new one. And that's just a couch. You know, cars, electronics, you know, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see, and this is where I think once, once the, you know, the iPhone becomes problematic as far as getting parts for and like, yeah, we're gonna have to delay this or the new MacBook. I saw some blurb on an announcement. It's like, yeah, there's the new MacBook announcement. It's in September, but you won't be able to get it until 2022. I'm like, that's a long lead time for Apple. Usually they don't have that long of a lead time. It's like, why is that? And it's, well, it's because there's components that they probably can't get access to in the volume that they need to. So it, it's going to be a really, really interesting endeavor. And it's going to test the patience of a lot of people. And they're going to go, what, you know, what can we do about this? It's like, well, you know, Start finding, start finding some mines. And <laughs> well, also like the prices go up, right? So when something's really hard to buy, you want to buy a luxury car. Uh, the new G-Wagon was for sale in Canada and um, everyone wanted to go buy one. They were selling fifty or $100,000 above the price of the car for somebody who was in line to get one, right? That's called inflation. And the harder something is to get, it's inflation. I went to go buy a shirt the other day for an interview. I was doing a podcast. I need a new shirt. I go into the store and they had one left. And he's apologizing why it's not on sale because they have no supply. And the supply chains, they've been interrupted by COVID for sure. But when you get into this situation with metals or what have you, there's a natural inflation that's going to creep on all of us, right? And metals are counter inflation. So they're, they're really good ones to hedge in. And again, being in a sector that's got supply demand issues going forward, production cliffs amongst the big companies, it's going to put a lot more of a premium on somebody finding something new, right? And so in, in our world, it's gold, silver, copper, and they're all important. I mean, gold is more of a, an inflation hedge and it's jewelry. It's not as much as silver, which has industrial applications and it's used heavily in electronics as well. And copper, which is in everything. It's as important as the air we breathe more or less in the world of an electronic or your house you live in or the water you drink, right? So being in that sector, it's finally time for us to experience that lift bit nervous as an explorer, you know, it's not easy to go find these things. Our industry has contracted because in a bear market, a lot of people go shift to other industries. A lot of the schools don't get as much people powering out to be geologists to go find these things because the industry has been suffering for a decade. It doesn't appear to be as, as rewarding financially. Um, in the case of our companies, you know, we've attracted the best people we could find and they're really top-notch world experts because we've stayed, we never ever blinked and we had a success during the bear market. And because we've won before previously, twice before now, a lot of people want to join the winning teams, right? And then you talk a little bit about leadership and what separates us, you know, our work ethic is, is unhealthy. You know, I think we work too hard in a good way. And it's interesting though, because we also look for luck. Luck is a huge part of finding mines, right time, right place. How do you go find a big gold mine? How do you find a big copper mine? You have to be somewhat lucky and, and very smart to do that. And anyone I've seen in our industry 
that's been lucky to go make these discoveries, they've all had one common denominator and that's been work ethic. You know, I look at some of our geologists, I measure the luck of my peers and the guys who win big, they work the hardest. And I'm very proud to say that our entire company follows that suit and it comes down to culture. You know, we have a, a fairly young office for what we've done and what we're doing. We're generally in our 40s, early to, to late 40s. Some, some are in the early 50s. So a very young kind of group of aggressive people out there to go make their mark. And having done it a couple of times before, experience is there, you know, at an early enough age. But that energy, that work ethic, the perseverance, we don't stop until we win for shareholders. And that's what we've always done. So, you know, it's it's been an exciting ride. Um, Fury Gold Mines is our gold company out of Canada, furygoldmines.com. Uh, Tier1silver.com is our silver exploration opportunity. Both are being drilled right now. Both have multiple projects, but are focusing on flagships. And they have drill results coming out in the coming weeks or coming months here as we're speaking. That could really be that game changer after years of waiting to get to this point. And we have have Torque Resources, a quiet little copper explorer down in Chile, which is pursuing a couple monster projects. And hopefully we get those by the end of August. And then we're on our way with, with a big copper swing. And uh, and one last company called Sombrero Resources, which I will be the CEO of. I'm either the chairman or a director of the other ones I mentioned. And Sombrero is a chance to find top 10 copper mine in the world. It's gotten global attention, but we're just waiting to get access to the project with the local communities, which we've worked on for almost two years years, which is a long time to build that kind of rapport into a place that's never let foreigners in before, which is an opportunity that never existed before kind of to others. So we're very, very fortunate to be there. But this is truly the most exciting time for me in my career. And it's timing of market. It's timing of drilling for these potential discoveries. Five years in Peru to get to this point of drilling projects of consequence in Peru. Same thing with Canada and same thing with Chile. We're at the end of a very long road that could answer some of the questions we talked about earlier and provide some of that supply that's going to be greatly needed. And hopefully we get the premium. And I think we would. And rising metal prices is, is at our wind behind our back, right? And that's awesome. And I wish you guys all but the best success possible because as a society, we're going to benefit from the work that you're doing. So Ivan, I've loved this conversation today. Uh, we could probably talk for hours about this, but where can people find out more about you? And I, I know you just mentioned the links and I'll have those in the show notes, but uh, any place else where people can find you and reach out to you? Uh, yeah, and ask I'm, questions? On, I'm on LinkedIn actually. And you know, my whole suite of companies is mentioned through my LinkedIn profile. I'm, I'm public about everything. Just Ivan Bebek on LinkedIn or Ivan Bebek Mining. You'll find me very quickly. And uh, just reach out through LinkedIn or any of my public companies. You know, uh, Right now, tier1silver.com and furygoldmines.com. You'll see my bio. And I look forward to answering any questions and having any discussions anyone wants to have. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Ivan, thank you so much for your time today. Again, continued success. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.